1059 The Region, in partnership with REMAX Prime Properties, present On the Market, real estate advice that works for you. Have a real estate question? Call us at 416-335-1059. Tweet us at 1059 The Region or email us at info at 1059theregion.com. You're listening to 105.9 The Region, and welcome to On the Market. This is York Region's exclusive radio real estate show. I'm station manager Tina Cortez, and my co-host and real estate expert is Asif Khan with REMAX Prime Properties. Thank you, Tina, and good morning, everyone. Bit of a different twist on our show this weekend with a cross-country checkup, and we begin with a mid-year review with Walter Schneider, president and co-founder of REMAX Integra. Walter, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Just wanted to get your take on what you think the highlights were for the first half of the year. And, you know, there's a lot of talk about lagging indicators, and we always look at what's happened and make our decisions based on that. But there's also leading indicators, and we wanted to get your take on what those are and why the future looks bright for Ontario Atlantic. Well, I think I think the big the simple is that the market did not disappoint. I mean, you know, this is a healthy real estate market, and... You know, regardless of the naysayers out there, there's great opportunity in this marketplace. I mean, all, you know, the biggest challenge we have is that we just don't have, as, a, as an industry, I think we just don't have enough product assets. I, I think that we're, you know, the inventories are low, as you know. I mean, we've had big spikes in transactional counts in the first quarter, so you'll see the same happening now in the Q2. Um, and it's an opportunity marketplace. Uh, you know, Toronto continues to be a world destination. I, I've always said that. You know, this is one of the premier destinations of the world, and smart money wants to come here. And it's not going to Cleveland. It's not going to, you know, it's not going to, you know, St. Louis and these kinds of places. It's coming to Toronto. It's it's a world destination, and that reflects the kind of prices we have, the demand for product, and the lack of products, right? And also being a a world-class city, our price points still don't meet those of other world-class cities like Chicago or New York or Paris or London. And there's a huge opportunity for not only people in Toronto, but investors to be scooping up product. And, and that's the issue that we're having is well, we have so much demand. Absolutely. And I mean, I will continue to say that, you know, that we are, uh, you know, we are a world destination and we are not overly, no, we're not overly priced. I don't think it's hard for people to say that in an expensive city like Toronto, but, but, you know, and the world runs on U.S. dollars, right? Investors, investors from around the world are, they price everything in, in U.S. dollars. So, Right there is a 20, 30% haircut right there in terms of prices. And, um, you know, we have, we have 100,000 plus people coming into the GTA. Southern Ontario is very popular. I was just in, in Bracebridge last week and they were talking about exactly the same, one of our Remax offices up there. And we were talking about, with the salespeople about that and they were telling me that, you know, uh, there just isn't a lot of product in that mid price range because, um, there are more, there just are more buyers than there are sellers, right? And uh, so it's, it's it's a healthy time. I, I urge uh, I urge everyone to really look serious. If they're thinking about getting in the market, it's a great time to get in the market now. Now, what would you say to those listeners, Walter, who say, you know what, it's still too rich for my blood. I can't get into the market. How do you suggest they take that first step? Well, I mean, you know, I, I recall my own first uh, property that I bought. I was a young 24-year-old, and you know, I, this is just around the time that we were starting Remax. I mean. It's, it's about sacrifice, and, uh, you know, um, you're going to have to stretch. Uh, you're going to have to, you know, uh, we're very lucky today. I talked to some mortgage people, and they're telling me that a lot of 
you know, if a couple of young couples today, young, young people today are, um, are uh, getting help from their parents, which is, which is noble and great. But at the end of the day, it's about sacrifice. You know, uh, I'd say invest, uh, invest in real estate before you invest in the $14, uh, avocado, you know, avocado toast. So, um, and I don't want to, you know, it's, it's all about sacrifice. I mean, I sacrificed along the way. I remember my particular, my first house, I was single at the time, but, um, I had a couple of roommates and they helped you know, with the carry of the place and they helped with the utilities of the place and so on. And, and um, and it's just, that's what it's about. What's that, what's fascinating. We, we have a lot of, uh, you know, immigrants to Canada, first generation Canadians, and they're very eagerly getting into the housing market and finding a way. And I, I urge all young Canadians. I mean, I think certainly some things would certainly be uh, helpful. I think we need to have a, a political, I won't say interference, but political support. I think we need to incentivize, not penalize first time buyers. I think things like the land transfer taxes are certainly a, a, um, a hurdle for a lot of people. It's doubly tough in Toronto, uh, in the city of Toronto. So these, these are kinds of things you need to address as a, as a nation, I think, is to have a national housing policy. I don't want to get into a whole political discussion on this today, but, um, you know, it's, look, it, it, it is what it is. You have to get in the market. And, I, I, you know, five years from now, nobody's going to regret getting into the real estate market. And, yeah, the other thing, too, I should make a point here. I think you need to take a long-term view on all this stuff. Um, you know, people that buy mutual funds to sell in the financial services sector say, take the long view. Well, real estate's the same sort of thing. Uh, take the long view and you'll be fine. And that's a great point because what we've talked about here is not taking a look at a few months at a time or one year at a time in the real estate segment or industry because if you look at what's happening right now, it's the same as 2009. We went through a little blip in 2008. So 2019 is pretty much the new 2009 where there was so much pent-up demand and people coming off of that fence. Just the consumer conference seems to be at an all-time high right now, especially for the Ontario area. Well, that's absolutely right. And you've got so many more dynamics in the marketplace today than you did. You know, when I first started in the real estate business 40 years ago, the profile of the buyer was mom and dad, you know, a dog, two kids, and a station wagon. Well, people don't even know what a station wagon is today. But, uh, you know, today the, the profile of the buyer is so much different. You've got uh, 23, 24% of uh, households today in Canada have no children. You've got 23, 24% of households in Canada with children. You've got single-person households. Single females dominate that that segment of the market you got same-sex households uh you got great divorce as a factor in in uh, in, in the market today in 1991 in 10 uh, marriages over the age of uh people over the age of 50 ended up in divorce today that's four in 10 well that that creates a different type of product but it creates a demand for more product then you have immigration coming in i mean so all these things are culminating at the same time uh and um you know, and then so these are all contributing to the to the marketplace and the demand for real estate. And plus, it's your best investment. At the end of the day, I keep telling those people all the time: you cannot live in a mutual fund. That's true, and you know, they, I mean, we've had a really good run for the first six months of 2018, and we're looking forward to that continuing because the demand is still there. We just need more housing starts, more inventory, like you said, in order to close off 2019 and head into 2020. As strong. Well, absolutely. And you're going to see, you know, you're going to see intensification starting to take place. I mean, it was unheard of, say, in some small town Ontario 30 years ago to see townhouse complexes. Well, now you're seeing these townhouse complexes in places like Bracebridge and, and Perry Sound and Huntsville and Collingwood, certainly, and, and you know, these smaller communities. Uh, 
that are because of the value of land, the cost of services to bring to those particular locations. So, like I said just a moment ago, the, you know, the demand for housing will continue to be extraordinarily strong. What we're going through is a redefinition of what those housing types are. And, you know, if you look even a step further outside of just what I call the, the GTA, Golden Horseshoe, the demand for recreational real estate is very is at a peak, right? There is, I talk to my franchise owners in the Perry Sounds, Halliburton's, Kawartha's, and we, we, we suffer from a lack of a listing inventory. And we've seen, you know, big demand. A lot of, in a lot of cases today, the cottage is becoming the home, right? And interesting statistic I was reading recently that, this was a U.S. statistic, but I think certainly can have application here, is that by 2022, 65% of the workforce will be working off-site, uh, will, not, will be working from home or off-site. And, and so you're going to see a lot more. So someone can commute or work in a community like Bracebridge or Aurelia or Peterborough where there is less um, pressure on housing prices, perhaps. Uh, you're going to see some a shift in the worker force as well that will be able to do a lot of their work in places like that and then perhaps come into the, the, the metropolitan area, you know, one day or two days a month. Right? Now, Walter, you said that a redefinition of housing is required. What, what does that mean? Well, I mean a redefinition of what people want, what people are looking for, right? I mean, you know, if you think about, and Asif has been in business for a long time, but you think about, you know, a 600-square-foot condo today, which is quite norm in areas like Liberty and the distillery district and, uh, you know, long parts of the, the you know, central core, south core, uh, that would be unheard of uh, a couple of years ago. If you look at the, um, you know, condos that are 30, 25, 30, 35 years old, their footprint is 1,100 square feet, 1,200 square feet, 1,500 square feet. So it's a redefinition of what people are living in. Um, I was in Rome recently on business and, you know, very small, very small apartments there. And, uh, but you know, people, they live their lives going out. They go to restaurants, they go to cafes, they go to, you know, bistros and bars and stuff. They're, uh, they're, they're New York would be a great example of that as well, where people, you know, they're, <laughs> they're basically looking at their, their house, their condo, their unit as a place to sleep, shower, to clean up. And, but they do, you know, they're eating out four or five nights a week. They're, um, uh, they're not entertaining at home. They're doing their entertaining outside of the home, right? So um, this is, these are all shifts that are taking place. But all that being said, um, Canadians still aspire to the single-family detached home. And you're going to see the, the, the areas of the cities that had these large lots that were developed in the 50s, 60s, and 70s on 60, 70, 80-foot lots just become more and more expensive. Um, you know, uh, single-family detached houses are still going to be the, the sort of the dream of Canadians, right? It really is. And, and growing up in the region, in York region, in Markham specifically, condos were unheard of. And now you're seeing downtown Markham, you're seeing all the condos around the subway in Vaughan. Richmond Hill just went through a huge transformation. So you're oh, yeah. being on there. Absolutely. Drive along the 407, Asif, right? Drive along the yeah. 407. Look at the amazing development along the 407. The, the 407 was seen as a bypass artery when it was first con- conceived 20-plus years ago. And it's amazing to see the amount of residential development you know, and high-rise residential development uh, going on the 407, both east and west, right? Very true. Walter, thank you so much for your time and, as always, your expertise. My pleasure. Great. Uh, thanks for having me on the show. Always a pleasure. And invite me back. I'm happy to come back. When we come back, our cross-country review moves west. Stay with us. You're listening to On the Market on 105.9 The Region. 
Need to connect with Asif Khan from Remax Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca. Now, back to On the Market on 105.9 The Region. You're listening to 105.9 The Region, and welcome back to On the Market, York Region's only radio real estate show. I'm station manager Tina Cortez, and my co-host is Asif Khan with Remax Prime Properties. Thank you, Tina. Joining us next on the show is Elton Ash, Regional Executive Vice President with Remax of Western Canada. Thanks for joining us, Elton. Great to be with you. Elton, we've uh, we spoke at the end of last year, and, and we were getting a recap of what happened. And now that we're at the midway point of 2019, we wanted to get your take on what's happened over the last six months and what can our clients and our, our buyers and sellers expect from the West Coast? Well, it's uh, as has been expected. Uh, the first half of 2019 has been somewhat sluggish in Western Canada. And it's a combination of factors in British Columbia. It's uh, certainly been brought on by taxation uh, policies, both provincially and federally, that have affected the market in Alberta and Saskatchewan. It's an indication of the poor resource sector performance that continues with uh, especially oil uh, still being negatively affected from a pricing point of view. Um, on the other hand, Manitoba is a fairly balanced market uh, with healthy economic situation provincially there. And, and that's a great point because I've heard in Manitoba, they're seeing multiple offers there, things are moving, and it's just been ultra hot compared to how it was over the last few years. Well, Manitoba is always pretty steady. You know, being in the center of the country, they've had... Uh, pretty balanced economic performance over the past number of years. Their immigration policies have been positive for, for the province. They're seeing great growth. And so that's resulting in strong market conditions there. That's awesome. And going back to the coast, Victoria, Vancouver, the speculation tax, I mean, this is something that was discussed in great detail over the last little while. Is that really scaring away a lot of buyers? Is that the main reason that, plus the foreign buyer's tax? You know, the uh, so-called speculation tax, because it's really a vacancy tax, it's not a true speculation tax, um, you know, has really had little overall effect in the big picture. The bigger effect to the market in British Columbia has been the foreign buyer tax, which was increased from 15 to 20% and expanded in scope. Originally, it was just Vancouver city limits. Now it's the entire uh, greater Vancouver area, Victoria, and the central Okanagan. So that has had some negative effect, especially to the higher end price point of the real estate market. The biggest negative factor, though, has been the stiffer mortgage qualification, what's called the B20 uh, mortgage qualification rules that is having an effect nationally across the country, uh, but more so here in British Columbia. Can you tell us a little bit about that? What exactly is the B20? Well, the B20 is uh, requires home uh, purchasers uh, with conventional lending specifically, although it also relates to high ratio uh, borrowing where CMHC is involved with insuring the mortgage. But on a conventional lending rate, uh, the borrower has, has to qualify 
at 2% above the posted five-year rate. So it increases the, um, the, the ability for the borrower to qualify for that higher rate. Now, certainly from the Bank of Canada's point of view, this is a good thing. Uh, Canada debt loads, Canadian individual debt loads continue to escalate, which is negative uh, from an overall point of view. But in the housing sector, it sort of was a, is a sledgehammer that's been levied to really control Toronto-Vancouver markets, where in the rest of the country, and if we look at the Maritimes, which are suffering you know, in, in the overall real estate area through to the prairies, it really wasn't required. And so it's negatively affecting the entire country where it really wasn't needed. And, and even here, the, the B20 or the stress test has really taken away a lot of the buying power that consumers had. And there's been a lot of talk, and I'm not sure you can fill us in about BC as well, but there's been a lot of talk here about lobbying the banks or, or the governing bodies to lower that to maybe 1% now because rates have already gone up. And these these rules were put in place when the rates were super low and people were expecting them to go up so that consumers would qualify and be able to afford their houses as rates went up. But now that rates have started to go up, we're wondering why do we still need to qualify them at 2% more? And is there a realistic chance that they could go up another 2%? What are your thoughts on that? It's a, it's a good point. Um, you know, overall, the, the, the government of Canada had good intentions. Uh, certainly, consumer debt load is a concern. Uh, we saw indications that the U.S. economy could be headed to uh, a softening or there was some talk even a potential recession in the next, uh, this year through to 2020. And so uh, there was, is real concern about Canadian economic conditions. Uh, but you really hit the nail on the head where the 2% is a bit onerous and, and really not called for. Um, a slightly lower rate would be more realistic and I think still have the same positive effect. And, and I don't think the industry is really calling for an abolishment of the stricter lending criteria entirely, but just a softening so that we can realistically, uh, you know, affect the market, uh, you know, kind of put a, a soft tap on the brakes as opposed to a hard skid. Now, Elton, you mentioned that there's been an impact on those higher-end homes in Vancouver and Victoria. What about um, the condo market? What is uh, what is that like on the West Coast? And what about uh, semis and, and maybe townhomes as well? Well, you, you know, the condominium market has been the strongest segment of the market in Vancouver. It is in, the, of course, the, the cheapest price range, uh, First-time home buyers uh, are more interested in condominiums from an affordability point of view. And so up until recently, condominiums really led the real estate indicators. Uh, unfortunately, what's occurred, and, and this is normal, you know, human reaction to uh, stricter lending criteria, and, and although the, the foreign buyer tax really affected the luxury end of the market, the condominium side of the market, which is really first-time home buyers, has been affected by the stricter lending criteria. Um, nevertheless, there is sort of some bright spots in the future with the introduction of the of that first-time home buyer CMHC program that was fleshed out in greater detail earlier this week. Um, you know that will 
create some stimulus to the to the first time home buyer market, but it's really a very narrow kind of program. So although you know they're estimating something like 2.5 billion dollars worth of, of overall effect, you know that that is sort of a, a best practices sort of scenario. I don't think it's going to really affect the market that to that great an amount. And what is the average price of a condo there on the West Coast? I'm just uh, curious because we know what they're like here in York Region. Well, the average price overall in British Columbia has dropped uh, 4.3% year-to-date to to 707000 Now, that's an overall average price for the entire market. When you look at condominiums, and it really ends up being specific as to size and style, but from a a typical apartment-style condominium in Vancouver, you're looking at four hundred and fifty to five hundred thousand dollars for an average price. And where do you see the market going over the next six months, Elton? I know that we've gone through a slower period in Western Canada, but do you see a rebound happening? And what would be the stimulus so that the home buyers plan may not affect Vancouver, Victoria, similar to how it won't really affect the Toronto area? But do you see that playing a, a role in helping out Alberta or Saskatchewan? And where do you see 2019 closing out? Well, there is good news, certainly in British Columbia. May was a stronger month than April, and although still lower than historical norms, uh, we have seen an increase in overall unit sales for the month of May. Um, Inventory levels still continue to increase, so that's certainly giving us an indication that uh, with some increased sales, rising inventory levels, we're going to be in a balance to buyer's market conditions through to the end of this year. Uh, we're looking 2020 likely to see some increases. Alberta, unfortunately, is going to continue in a pretty soft market until we see some uh, resource sector economic positive reaction there. Um, the good news, though, with Alberta, and a lot of people forget this, is that the overall economy is a lot more diversified than it was, say, back in the 80s when when the oil price crash really affected the market in, in a big way. So we, we've only seen in the neighborhood of 4 to 5% overall price reductions in Alberta. So it, that's going to remain pretty steady through the rest of this year there, and, and Manitoba will continue to see a strong market. That's great news for uh, Western Canada on closing out 2019, and we look forward to recapping it with you at the end of the year. Elton, thank you so much for joining us today. Certainly. You're most welcome. When we come back, we get to your real estate questions and this week's hot listing. And just a reminder, if you missed any part of our show, go to 1059theregion.com. You're listening to 1059 The Region. Stay with us. Need to connect with Asif Khan from Remax Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca. Now, back to On the Market on 1059 The Region. Welcome back to On the Market, York Region's exclusive radio real estate show. I'm station manager Tina Cortez, and my co-host is Asif Khan with Remax Prime Properties. Time now for our listener questions. And Asif, the first one comes from Jerry in Woodbridge. He writes, we have made a last-minute decision to leave York Region and follow our kids going to school in the Hamilton-Niagara region. How do we begin our search for that perfect neighborhood for all of us? Well, Jerry, I've got great news for you. I've I've been following the price points in the Niagara-Hamilton 
uh, Burlington Regions and St. Catharines, and there are some really good deals out there. So you're going to be really happy with what you can purchase with what you get from selling your property in York Region. The best thing to do is we have some really great agents that service those areas, and we can put you in touch with them for you to be able to start your search and let them know what you're looking for. Do you need to be close to the universities, colleges? Do you want to be close to the water? And then they can point you in the right direction and the right neighborhoods according to what your needs are. So give us a call at 416-985-5426 after the show, and I will put you in touch with the right agents in that area. Our next question comes from John in Richmond Hill. John is a regular listener and knows you have talked about this before, but what are the first and main areas to prepare inside and outside your home when you're getting ready to list and sell? And John, inside the home, uh, again, great question because it changes from winter to spring to summer. And when you're selling in the spring or summer, you want to make sure your backyard, your entertaining area outside is well prepared for your backyard. And also you want to have some curb appeal as people pull in. So you want to have some flowers out at the front and everything. Inside the house, you want to make sure your kitchens, your bathrooms are renovated or you know show very well you want to make sure you declutter as much as you can so that people have room to walk through the house and you want to take out any personal belongings pictures anything that uh, would deter people from imagining themselves in that space the other thing that's been really hot over the last little while is an entertainment area in your basement so if you have a finished basement you want to make sure that there's a home theater down there or areas that people can entertain, and that way it gives you more living space. Great advice as usual, Asif. And if our listeners want to connect with you directly, how can they do that? Give me a shout out, 416-985-5426. That's 416-985-CON. Just before we go, this week's hot listing and joining us next is Heather Cooper from Remax Prime Properties. Heather, over to you. This week's hot listing is a huge semi-detached in Cornell. This home features over 3,000 square feet of living space, plus an unfinished basement. The main floor features hardwood flooring, 10-foot ceilings. On the second floor, you've got three bedrooms, which could easily be converted to four, two full bathrooms. And above that is a third-floor master retreat laid out like a spa hotel. You've got a dressing room, walk-in closet, and a spacious ensuite bath. Sounds fantastic. Asif, what do you think? She had me at Coach House. <laughs> there's, uh, so there's not a lot of properties in the area that have the Coach House, but this gives you so many more reasons to purchase this. You can rent it out. You can, if you have, you know, a teenage child or kids, they can move in. You could rent it out as a nanny suite or have it used as a nanny suite, in-law suite. There's so many more options that a Coach House provides for you in this area. And it's very rare that they come up, but a great opportunity. And where is Cornell one more time? Cornell's in the Highway 7 Ninth Line area, right around Markham Stovall Hospital. There's a bus terminal coming there. It's going to be, uh, the value is just going to keep going up there with all the amenities that are coming in. There's a new community center that was built a few years ago. It's just a great area. Heather, one more time, the highlights of this property and where our listeners can get more information. This property is located at 46 Glendennan Avenue in Cornell. It's listed for $980,000. And for more information, they can contact Susan Taylor at 905-554-5522. Thanks, Heather. Thank you, Tina. Asif, that's our show for this week. Great show, Tina. Remember, if you need to connect with Asif Khan or if you missed any part of On the Market, go to our website, 1059theregion.com. Thanks for listening. 
Need to connect with Asif Khan from REMAX Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca.